everybody. Thank you for tuning in tonight, today, whenever you decide to listen to this podcast. Maybe you're running at the gym or flat ironing your hair like I do when I'm listening to podcasts, ladies. (laughs) I am going to talk tonight about mental health because it is tonight here in Tampa Bay as I'm recording this. It's about 6.25 p.m. I'm on my way to my dear friend's engagement party. Congrats to you, Jessica and Mike. And I have really been spending a lot of time lately listening to the messages that I'm getting about continuing to carry on with this conversation. So I decided to put on an event on uh, May 23rd. As you may or may not know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and the event that I am going to host and speak at is at The Ring, which is Alyssa and I's uh, new collaborative workspace, also the first well-building in the country. Okay, it's the second. I like to say the first, but it's actually the second, because there's one in Boston. Because I'm a New Yorker, it's very hard giving them credit, but kudos to you, those Boston. So on a more serious note, I want to just give some insight as to why I'm doing this, why I'm talking so much about mental health awareness and what the heck I've gotten myself into, because I really do sometimes go back and forth about it. Uh, based solely upon some of the things that people say to me, but I'm moving forward because I do believe that if there was somebody such as maybe, I don't know, me to tell me when I was in a depression that it actually could and would get better and that it actually was a disease and the fact that I was considering committing, not committing. I've learned that you're not supposed to say committing suicide because it sounds like a criminal act. So I'm trying, you know, it's all these things I have to remember. There's a lot of talk about mental health and suicide awareness and all that these days. Well, I'm just going to speak from my heart. I'm not going to think too hard about what I'm supposed to say politically correct or not. I've never really been politically correct. So I hope you appreciate that about me. If you don't, well, then you should probably turn this off now and listen to a different podcast because um, I was the one that wanted to kill myself. How about I just say that, right? I wanted to die. That does not feel good saying. None of it feels good. It's, uh, you know, like a totally different scenario, but it's like the word stepmother. I'm also a stepmother. A stepmother doesn't have like a a nice ring to it. But you know, that's, that's the fact. That's what it's been branded as. So I wanted to talk about it on the podcast tonight. And I'm doing this event for one very big reason, one very big reason that it's time. That's really the reason. The other uh, things that I've come across throughout my 20, almost five years of sobriety. And um It absolutely was the fact that I stopped drinking and doing drugs that I got depressed. I never got depressed uh, when I was drinking or getting high because I didn't feel anything. 
because I had a chemical inside of me. And then I learned later on when I was working with a therapist, actually my dad's EAP counselor, Ben Figueres, who I owe my life to for talking to me every Tuesday in Manhattan. Uh, He told me that I had a chemical imbalance. And when I removed the drugs and alcohol and I was left with myself and my own thoughts, they weren't good. And uh, probably one of the reasons I stayed pretty high and pretty drunk from about the age of 18 to 21 years old with some intermittent stops at some rehab facilities in different states, one New Hampshire and one in um, New York, upstate New York. Poughkeepsie, New York. That's what we called it, Poughkeepsie. That's what they called it in Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie. So anyway, I digress. I'm talking about mental health um, and doing it on my own because what I've witnessed is very interesting. And I hope you spend some time thinking about this. The next time maybe you're listening to a conference, you're attending a conference and you see a panel of maybe MDs, uh, psychologists, uh, people that have therapists, you know, you know, a clinically professional panel. It's very, very rare. It's actually never happened that I've gone to one of those. And I saw somebody that was just like a regular person, such as myself. There are no initials after my name. There are some before my name, Mrs. M-R-S dot Sharon Feckety, but there's nothing after it. So why would I be asked to sit on a panel or, you know, really to speak at an event? Um, I don't, you know, I don't have the credentials, I guess, but it's ironic because I feel like I I really have some serious credentials. I survived it and I've been able to maintain it for, um, it's been 24 years since I took an antidepressant or put anything in my system. And um, I got a lot of help and everybody gets better differently. And I'm going to share my experience about what I think helped me Um, on this podcast tonight. And then I'm going to share a little bit more about it at the event on the 23rd. And if you are interested, we'll put the link up if you're in Tampa Bay. Um, It'll be in Clearwater. If you're interested in joining us and having a very candid conversation about mental health and mental health awareness and how we can make a difference in preventing some of these suicides that we hear of very often today, unfortunately. So I, what do I want to tell you? I want to tell you that I've heard a lot of um, really silly, ignorant comments surrounding suicide. And one of them, one of the main ones is that uh, that's such a selfish act. Well, I want to be uh, one of the first people maybe to tell you that we are actually thinking we're doing you a favor by leaving the planet Earth. Uh, And the only reason that we didn't do it sooner was because of the family or because of the people that we loved and we didn't want to hurt them. So when I hear somebody mention, without knowing anything about somebody, that it was a selfish act, it definitely hurts my ears to hear. I do have empathy, though, because I realize that it's just a lack of education and a lack of understanding. So 
That's why I want to talk about it. Because as I started to mention earlier, if there was somebody like me to tell me that I was going to be okay and that I was going to end up married, happily married and have a wonderful stepson and, you know, um, direct a, a company in New York with a team of wonderful people and work with physicians and speak at conferences and I would have told you you had lost your freaking mind because I really felt like I could be locked up in a mental ward and I would have been okay with that because then I wouldn't have had to explain to somebody how I felt. I didn't know how I felt. I was sad. I know that. And I didn't want to be here anymore. And that is a, that's not an easy thing to say. It's not an easy thing to hear. It's not an easy thing for me to talk about with my family. I would assume if you've had these types of conversations, it hasn't been easy for you either. Because one of the other um, one of the other effects of families when they lose somebody is they think it it has something to do with them or it's their fault or they did something wrong and um, and I've heard that myself from my own family and um, it had nothing to do with them. I couldn't come from more love. I couldn't come from more security and happiness and I just. I was just depressed. I had an addiction problem. I was, I was an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic. I wasn't was because if I, if I wasn't an alcoholic, I would uh, drink some champagne tonight at this engagement party. <laughs> that um, somebody asked me if I knew which kind of champagne Jessica would, would like, which I thought was comical because I don't drink champagne, and this person knows I don't drink at all. So why would you ask me that? But it's funny. <laughs> I guess I, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't look like somebody that could have been an alcoholic. I, you know, I have been very blessed since getting sober and the depression being lifted that I'm a very, very happy person, but that, that has not come without a tremendous amount of work. It's the same as when we think somebody's an overnight success. It's, it's because they've been working their butt off to get to that place. And that's really what it was like for me to get to a place of happy. And there's such a great intersection between how I have lived my life in recovery and how I've run my business, not just my business, but other people's businesses before I opened my business six years ago. And then I opened a second one a year before that, a year, yeah just a year ago, I should say. So all of the things that I've applied with, sorry, I am driving. I know you're hearing background noise. It's me driving to St. Petersburg. <laughs> but it's better than going over the bridge to Tampa. I can't wait to see everybody from Tampa tonight complaining about driving to St. Pete. Haha, <laughs> I love you guys. So anyway, I digress again. But I really think that there's a lot to be said about people that just be who they are and talk about their struggles and talk about how difficult something might have been to get to a certain place, whether that be in life or in business, you will connect with way more human beings. Uh, it happened just today and it happens a lot. But, you know, I had a meeting with somebody, I had no idea. It was, we met once at an event. He has a business. He works in the healthcare industry. He thought maybe it would be good to connect. We started connecting 
I feel the conversation is going into too much of a salesy type business way. And I interject about how I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict just to loosen it up a little bit. And then I find out because now he feels comfortable sharing with me about the problems that his mother had um, as an addict and suffered from mental health issues. And then all of a sudden we like each other as humans, right? Isn't that great? And now I will think, no, I really like that guy. I should probably send him some business. So business and um, life intersect all the time. I remember myself saying years ago, it's not personal, it's just business. I actually have said those words, probably some of the dumbest words I've ever said, but that's what I learned. I didn't know any better. I also didn't know that I should share with anybody about what I was going through. I'll tell you what, I, I never told anybody when I was working in New York Medical that I was sober and that I had suffered from depression. There's no way, you know, I was a boss. What would they think of me? I never told anybody except my one boss when I ran the last pediatric practice that I was in recovery because I had people to manage and I didn't want them to judge me and I didn't want to give them any, I didn't want them to think I was a human being, actually. (laughs) I didn't want them to think that I suffered too, like all humans do with emotions and trials and tribulations. Everybody's got shit. Everybody has something, whether it be you or your father or your mother or your sister or your brother or your niece or your nephew, you know, everybody has something. And, um, and I realized almost two years ago now, when I wrote an article about, um, mental health in a local magazine that I was the, uh, health and wellness editor of for a short time that, uh, and then talked about it in public one night, just, you know, with a room full of people and a panel full of doctors. And then all of a sudden people started texting me. Thank you so much for what you shared tonight. Is there any way I could talk to you? I have a son who's going through a really hard time. He's addicted to drugs. Sharon, can you meet a girl I work with? She is, uh, She's been talking about suicide, and I heard what you said. Would would you talk to her? And my goodness, like, if there is a better way to live a life, it's to help others. And if you haven't had any experience with that and you're not feeling good about yourself, I highly recommend you get out of self and start helping somebody else. But the first thing we have to do is we have to help ourselves. So I helped myself, and... Um, when I did get sober, finally, just to leave you with a little what it was like for me when I was 21 and I got sober for the last time, I went to my dad's EAP counselor. I saw him every Tuesday, like I mentioned. He um, suggested a psychiatrist. A psychiatrist put me on Prozac, 20 milligrams, and I went to see Ben every week. And then after six months, Uh, I was weaned off of the Prozac, and then I just kept going to a recovery program, and I kept seeing him until I felt like I didn't need to anymore, and truth be told, I haven't haven't been in therapy since because I get get therapy every day, and I'm going to tell you the ways I get therapy every day. I listen to podcasts. I listen to Super Soul Sunday. 
with Oprah and all of these unbelievable people that are seeking spiritual health. I listen to Jay Shetty. I listen to Russell Brand. Oh my God, Russell Brand, like to think that he's one of the people that has made me feel the best about talking about this outside of um, a 12 step program is kind of incredible because I was mad at him. I read his book, Recovery. He has a book called Recovery and he has a book called Mentors and I've read both of them. Now, when I say I've read them, that means I've listened to them on audio books. Okay, people, because who the heck has the time to read as many books as I want to consume in a day? And I, I just do it while I'm driving. I do it while I'm walking Charlie Brown. I do it while I'm working out. I do it while I'm riding my bike. And I, uh, I fill my brain with good, positive information. And I listen to other people's struggles. And I see how they've gotten through it. You'd be surprised at how many people actually, like I know everybody knows Eckhart Tolle is so amazing, but you know, he was suicidal and so was, uh, um, uh, the rock. Uh, so the, well, there's just a list of people that have gone through really, really hard times and that have made something of themselves and adversity tends to be a really great motivator. And I, I mean, even what I, I posted today on my social media, a time that I you know, was at a charity event and I, I gave some money to sing on stage with Jesse Campbell, who was on The Voice. And it was a moment that I felt such joy. And I'm so proud now to share the good because there was so much bad and there was so much darkness. And I hear from a lot of people that, you know, social media is really just for people pretending <laughs> that their life is so great. Well, you know, like when your life has been really shitty and then it's been really great, you really don't care anymore what people think. I don't care. I I have, uh, uh, you know, the most humility about my life and what I've been through myself. But I, I have no shame and I have no shame about what I've been able to accomplish now, too. And I find that very empowering to people that have suffered and are suffering right now, that there's hope and there's not just hope, but if you hang in there and you talk to somebody and you, you know, share it with just one person or you message me, I'll call you, you know, you just look me up online and I will be happy to talk to you. I do think that there's a ton of help and social media is helping so many people today. The Jenkins, that woman that does that really funny Facebook live and now she does like a tour and she wrote a book and I wrote a book and haven't published it yet. I don't know if I will. No, it's definitely getting out. August 11th, my mother's birthday, the day I put down the last drink, I will be, um, the book will be available. So it's, um, it's, it's kind of amazing. But when I was in that dark hole, I never thought I was coming out and I think one of the gifts that I was given was this recovery program. I was able to speak to people on a daily basis as many times as I wanted a day about how I felt, what was going on. And nobody judged me and nobody told me I was wrong for feeling a certain way or that I shouldn't feel this way or because I have so much. I, I felt no shame. I just had people support. And that is a gift. And I know not everybody has that. Um, but there's other resources today. 
And I, I think that one of the reasons that some of these 12 step programs have worked for, I don't know, 80 years is because there's identification. When we find somebody that's been through a divorce, we want, and we're a divorce, we want to talk to somebody that's been through a divorce. When I hear somebody's a stepmom, I want to talk to them about being a stepmom. When I hear I'm not divorced. So I, I got married once, never doing it again. Love my husband. Big shout out to you, Rob Feckety. But um, I for sure, you know, had to do a lot of work on myself. And I was looking for people that were like me and I found them. And now I have all these wonderful entrepreneurs in my life. And I have found that everybody, well, not everybody, but most people are suffering through something. And most of the people that have made it in, in business and in life have gone through some type of adversity. We are some serious hard workers. And um, I know that not everybody has access to maybe the right therapist or the right uh, counselor, whatever it is. But man, there are so many resources. One of the things that I really love, and I wish I could remember the name, but you could probably just Google it, is um, that there's online help that you could like have a therapist that you can chat with online or you can text with or you could Skype with or you could FaceTime, whatever it is, because I know for sure so many people don't want to physically show up that they're ashamed or maybe their father or their mother told them that it was shameful to get help. Well, they're, the only shame there is is doing nothing about it. There is no shame. And I, um, I, I also hear something that I want to mention before I wrap up is, uh, you know, when you hear that somebody has killed themselves, you hear a lot of, I had no idea. I just talked to that person yesterday. They seemed okay. They seemed fine. Yep. That's, that's what, that's what we do. We don't want you to know. Right. So the strongest people out there and, um, a friend of mine, Ian was one of these people to remind me of this a few years ago that, you know, the strong ones are the ones that you really need to reach out to because the strong ones keep a heck of a lot of stuff buried deep down <laughs> and they don't like to talk about it, but you really, um, you really need to ask your friends that are strong if they're okay too. How are you doing? And, um, you'd be surprised at how many people will open up. So I'm really grateful that I have this, uh, forum to do this, right? I don't have anybody telling me, no, I can't be on a panel or no, I can't be on a podcast because I have my own. And I would recommend that if somebody is telling you, no, you can't, that you just create it yourself. Just go ahead and create a podcast. You know, I'm on my phone right now. I'm driving to St. Petersburg and it looks like it's going to pour. So I'm going to hurry. But, you know, Anchor, it's amazing. I'm not even doing a commercial for them right now. But I believe that there will be a commercial about Anchor somewhere in this podcast at the end. So you too can... Um, can talk about it because talking about these things, you are helping so many people and um, you just got to have a little courage. So I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you sharing about the event on the 23rd with somebody that you might think could benefit. And I love you if nobody has told you that they love you today and be kind to everyone because you never know what somebody's going through. Thank you. Bye. I've got my life back. Yeah.